Hey, hey, Packer fans, and welcome to yet another episode of Packers in Law. I am Jake, the Packer veteran, with you as always. And uh, boy, we're in the thick of winter now, at least here in Minnesota. It's cold. It's like hovering right around zero, I think, at the moment. It is. Uh, it's frigid. So good football weather, though. And of course, December football is our our, our very good friend, and it is here in full swing now. Um, and it produces some interesting results at times. Uh, for example, this most recent game against the, the Washington Redskins. Now, again, you know, I said last week I've seen too many times where the Packers go into a game where they're supposed to win, it's supposed to be a blowout. You know, they're supposed to just, you know, their team isn't even supposed to, like, leave the stadium. Like, they're just all going to be dead after the Packers play them. To hear some people, you know, put it into words. And then the Packers lose. So I was a little concerned, but I still picked the Packers to win because I just think they're, you know, a fundamentally better team than the Redskins, which that's not to say, you know, I have some crazy insight. I mean, I feel like a pretty casual football fan who looked at the numbers this year would be like, yes, the, the Packers are better than the Redskins. Based on just, you know, records alone, you could probably make that inference. Um, but it was closer than I think a lot of people thought. And, I, you know, more people are concerned you know, maybe not buying as heavily into Packers stock as they were uh, earlier in the season. But yeah, Packers ended up winning the game 20-15. to 15. Uh, Aaron Jones, who had been kind of quiet for the past couple weeks, uh, really bounced back in a big way in this game. Uh, only had 16 carries, but had 134 yards. That's 8.4 yards per carry. That's, that's pretty darn good, plus a touchdown. Also was the Packers' leading receiver, six catches for 58 yards. That's almost 10 yards a catch. Uh, definitely w- w- provided the spark on offense in in this game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, had, I think, you know, if, if again, if we're still going to compare him to, you know, the MVP years of, you know, 2011 and 2014, this is a pretty pedestrian game. 18 to 28 and 195 yards and one touchdown. No interceptions, though, so he, you know, didn't turn the ball over. Actually, no turnovers for the Packers in this game. Um yeah, it just seems like with the offense, there, there's really been two things. In a lot of games, the Packers start really fast. And you look at the game against the Vikings, uh, the same game of the year, and the game against the Cowboys, and uh, just other games where the Packers just jump out to a, a rousing start, and it looks like the Packers are going to, you know, maybe they're going to actually do what most people thought they were this week, which is, you know, maybe win 42-10 to 10 or something ridiculous. But then after the first quarter, things just kind of go downhill. I guess not going on hill, but they kind of plateau. Um, it just doesn't seem like the consistency of the first quarter in these games. Maybe the you know maybe we just need to give more credit to the opposing team's defensive coordinators for making really good adjustments. I don't know what it is, but it, you know after the first quarter, it seems like this very potent-looking Packers offense kind of just. I mean, it was, it was fourteen nothing in the first quarter in this game. The Packers would you know basically get two more field goals the rest of the way. And yeah, there were some big misplays. Probably the most egregious one being the uh, Aaron Rodgers threw a deep pass to Jimmy Graham, who was wide open. Probably would have had a walk-in touchdown. And if he would have gotten tackled, it would have been inside the five-yard line. Uh, Rodgers overthrew him. Uh, you know, obviously that would change the game. At that point, it would be 21-0. And, I mean, the rod's not at that point. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. They just can't seem to they, – they, they, when they start fast, they start really fast. And then, boy, they just take, the, the, they just take their foot off the gas. And – you know, you end up having a, a, a kind of more nerve-wracking game than it probably should have been against, 
a Washington team that, again, coming into Sunday was not eliminated from the playoffs mathematically. So they still had something to play for beyond just, you know, personal pride or, you know, wanting to play well just because they're professional athletes. But, um, you know, they still had something to, to try to play for, basically. And, yeah, so sort of confusing there. But it was nice to see Aaron Jones return to the form he showed us, especially against the Chiefs, doing it multiple ways, uh, being a matchup nightmare for the defense. Um yeah, the Packers also definitely got helped up by the fact that I don't know what happened to uh, Redskins rookie quarterback Dwayne Haskins, but he hurt his leg and was basically just limping around out there for most of the time, was not very mobile, um, you know, did not pose too much of a threat to run. Uh, yeah, it was not, that was not that big of a concern. Packers had four sacks on the day. Um, but yeah, he was pretty limited. Uh, they didn't get a touchdown in the game until... You know, at the very end, when they threw to uh, Terry McLaurin, who really looks like a great player, by the way, a rookie from Ohio State. Looks like he's got some, he's having a great season, has a lot of ability. Uh, but yeah, Packers definitely were helped up by that. You know, who knows? I mean, it was only a five-point deficit with an injured Haskins. I'm not saying, like, if he's healthy, he's going to go out there and whip the Packers, but you wonder how much that would have affected the game if he hadn't been able to move around. Um, but yeah, in the end, you know, Packers get the win. Uh, again, 20-15. to 15. Go to 10-3 and three on the season. Oh, real quick before we move on here. Uh, unsung hero this week, Tyler Irvin, uh, the Packers' new punt returner who it seemed like with each successive punt return he had, he was setting the new record for the longest Packers punt return this season, which, you know, in week uh, 14 is kind of sad, uh, really sad. But, hey, at least he was making a count. Um, you know, I really, I know this has been pointed out by a lot of people, but I really appreciate the fact that he would catch a punt and he would go and, uh, to borrow someone else's words, he would get the yards that were to be gotten. Uh, you know, he didn't catch the ball and immediately start going lateral and trying to figure out where he was going to, you know, cut or make a dance move, um, which, you know, for some people that works great. Uh, hasn't worked that great well for the Packers this year. You know, he would go catch the ball, move forward, and then decide, okay, here comes a defender. What am I going to do? Um, and, again, it wasn't like, you know, he didn't return any for a touchdown or had, like, any super long returns. But, you know, like I said, he got the yards that were there. He took what was available um, instead of trying to, you know, uh, basically turn it into something, turn it a, situation, a normal situation into something bigger. Uh, so I really appreciate that. So, Tyler Irvin, you get the Unsung Hero Award this week for actually making the Packers punt return team uh, productive. So, thanks for that. Um, yeah, uh, not really much else to say about this game. I should say, you know, I did talk about how Adrian Peterson loves playing the Packers. Uh, he did have a decent game, uh, 20 carries for 76 yards. That's just under four yards to carry and one touchdown, of course. Uh, so, Packers held him pretty well in check. Darius Geis was actually having a monster game. He had 42 yards on five carries. Uh, which is 8.4 yards of carry, which is, of course, what I just said uh, Aaron Jones had. Uh, but then he got a knee injury and had to leave the game. Also, that, that's kind of another what if. You know, what if he had been healthy for this entire game? Uh, who knows what that would have uh, affected going forward. But in any event, Packers do win 20-15. to Again, move to 10-3 in the division, staying atop the NFC North. Speaking of the NFC North, let's quickly go and see what our uh, – our opponents uh, did this weekend, or this last weekend, I should say. Uh, the Vikings beat the Lions 20-7. to I know a lot of us were hoping for a Lions upset, uh, gave us some more breathing room for that division title, but it was not meant to be. 
Uh, Lions are on their third quarterback right now and uh, are, are not very good uh, at this moment in time. So it was kind of a long shot, but, you know, you never know. It's the NFL. But anyway, Vikings move on to 9-4, and four, and they will play at San Diego this week. Um, so we might have one of those cases where, especially with how cold it is in Minnesota right now, I feel like a lot of Viking fans will relish at the opportunity to go somewhere warm uh, and cheer on their football team this weekend. Uh, the Bears, uh, they actually beat the Cowboys 31-24. to uh, So they moved to 7-6, and six, and they will now go play the Packers. Uh, they'll, they'll play us uh, at Lambeau uh, this Sunday. And the Lions, we just said, lost to the Vikings 20-7. to seven. Uh, So they dropped to 3-9-1 and one on the season. Uh, and they will play host to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday. So here we have the first uh, divisional rematch of this season with the Bears. Uh, the Bears are still alive in the playoff race, everybody. I know they're third in our division. They're 7-6. and six. Uh, But again, they haven't, been, it, it, they haven't been mathematically eliminated either, much like the Redskins weren't last week. But they, of course, they have far more hope than the Redskins do. They actually have a winning record for one thing. I mean, that, you know, usually in most seasons that helps a lot. You have a winning record to get into the postseason. Uh, but they've been playing better, uh, especially Mitchell Trubisky. I remember, I don't know what week it was. It was around week four or five when, boy, it's just he was not playing well. And everybody was starting to, you know, kind of rag on the GM and say, like, boy, the trade-up for Trubisky was a huge mistake, especially watching, you know, teams get, you know, watching the Texans get uh, Deshaun Watson and then the Patriots, or the, excuse me, the uh, Chiefs get Patrick Mahomes, uh, both who were drafted later than Trubisky was. Um, you know, I'm not going to say it was a catastrophic mistake. I mean, it was, they did give up a lot of draft capital to get Trubisky, who, I mean, I don't know if you would, you ask anybody who is a football fan, you know, would you rather have Mitchell Trubisky instead of Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes? You know, obviously, I think if you with the, with Mahomes, I don't think you would find anybody who would rather have Trubisky than Mahomes. I think the same is true for Watson. I know I certainly would much rather have Deshaun Watson than Trubisky. Um, you know, obviously, since Watson hasn't been an MVP yet and led his team to an, a conference championship. You know, maybe you'd find some more people who would take Trubisky, but I don't think they exist. Um, but who knows? I'm not everybody, so surprise me. Uh, yeah, and everyone was just saying, you know, we need to move on from Trubisky. The Bears get to draft another quarterback this year. And, you know, again, he's been playing better. And much like Tyler Irvin, it's not like he's, you know, setting the world on fire or anything, but he's been playing better. The Bears have been winning. You know, they just beat the Cowboys, who nobody can figure out anymore. And, uh, yeah, they're 7-6, and... Six, and um, you know, even if they don't make the playoffs, again, I, I I had to bring this up every time we have a divisional game. Guys, divisional games are just weird. They're just they're wacky. They're strange. You know, again, coming from personal experience, growing up in this in the state of Minnesota, being a Packer fan, so many years in my you know I grew up during the '90s, so the Packers were very good, and the Vikings were good occasionally, and sort of mediocre the rest of the time. And there were so many years where the Packers were you know it would be like about this time of year. You know, Packers were in the playoffs, you know, looking to get move up in this in the seating, and the Vikings were pretty much out of it. You know, maybe if they won and had some other miracles happen, they would, you know, maybe get in. But you know, obviously the Packers was a better team, and you know, the Vikings were nothing to play for. But it's your divisional opponent, and that is so huge. You see these guys twice a year. You know, even if you're having a terrible season, you can at least try. You know, get motivated to play. You know your division rival. It's just it's such a huge deal. I think for a lot of these players, especially being in, you know, division rivals are a big thing anyway. But then we have this case where you're literally 
the next state over. Um, I think that also plays into it as well. So who knows? Um, again, I, I still think the Packers are obviously the better team than Chicago. Um, I still think the Bears' defense is very good, and their offense is still not that great, even though, I, like I said, Trubisky has them playing well. Um, but again, it's a divisional game, so it kind of... I guess my point is with divisional games, you kind of have to throw conventional thinking out the window because, again, it's just, you know, teams that are doing bad all season will get up to play these games, and that's just how it is. Um, so I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears, you know, I know a lot we like to, you know, there's the whole Bears still suck song that Packer fans love to play, but... You know, they can definitely upset the Packers in this game. I don't think they will, personally. I'll get to the, my score prediction in a minute, but I'm just saying, it ain't impossible. Um, Bears are a decent team. Uh, it, in terms of uh, players to watch out for, I know this season the Packers have had a terrible time guarding tight ends. Uh, Bears tight end Trey Burton is apparently on IR or hasn't played in a long time. Uh, he had 14 catches before he got hurt. Uh, all the, there's four more tight ends on the Bears roster. Nobody else has to catch has more than ten catches. So really, tight ends are not a big part of this offense. At least they haven't been since Burton went out. I know he started the season on IR, so that didn't help either. Or may not on IR, but he was injured. Uh, you, you take my meaning. Um, but still, with the way that the Packers have routinely, consistently failed to guard tight ends in this this season, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these guys. You know come out of nowhere and have a big game. I think J.D. Holtz is the guy who's starting right now for the Packers. I believe that's his name. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a career day just because, who knows. Uh, you know, again, Packers just can't seem to guard tight ends for, for whatever reason. Uh, but the player who I actually want to point out might be the big X factor in this game is Cordero Patterson, who I know the Packer we should be familiar with because, uh, you know, he's returned a couple kicks against us for touchdowns uh, with the Vikings way back in, you know, the 2014 uh, Teddy Bridgewater Vikings era, um, but he he's still pretty good. I mean, you know, not that he got bad, but you know, he played with the Patriots last year and uh, or maybe the year before that. But he you know came over to Chicago. He actually on Thanksgiving, you know, they were playing the Lions, and he actually you know took he's he's one of the few guys now who I guess has the green light from the coach to take a kickoff like eight yards deep in the end zone um, and then run out with it. Like he took one against the Bears. That deep, and then he ran out to the 50. So the guy's got skill. I mean, he's a good return player. You know, say what you want about his, you know, skills or preparation at the wide receiver position, but he's a good kick returner. And, uh, you know, Packer coverage teams have been pretty good, but I just feel like maybe he might have a chance to break one in this game. Uh, and hopefully by the time he does, you know, the Packers have the game in hand or, you know, it doesn't get out of hand because of that. Um, but I just, Keep an eye on him. I just got a feeling about that. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll be wrong, and he'll you know muff two kicks, and we'll recover both of them. That'd be great. But yeah, just a gut feeling I have here. So, in terms of the prediction for the game here, uh, I'm going to pick the Packers to win 27 to 14. I know that's almost a touchdown victory. It doesn't seem real close. I feel like it's going to be 20 to 14 in the fourth quarter, and the Packers are going to score a touchdown to put the game away. But that's going to be real close up until that point. Um, again, you know, the Packers have everything to play for. They're the number two seed right now in the NFC. They got to get keep winning to keep pace with, you know, keep teams like New Orleans and such off their backs. And of course, the Vikings are, you know, breathing down our necks in the division. So, again, Packers have everything to play for. It's a division game. You don't want to drop one to your 
opponent at home. I know the Bears are probably still mad about that, dropping the season opener at home to the Packers. Uh, so they'll be they'll be looking for revenge, and of course, you know, divisional game, and all the you know weird uh, kind of throw out the rule book mentality that comes that goes with that. But yeah, I'm taking the Packers 27 to 14, and hopefully the Packers will move to 11 and three, and the Bears will drop back to 500 at seven and seven. Whew. So that's gonna do it for this week. Um, again. Uh, Packers and Law is at PackToTheFuture.com. It's a Packer fan site with a ton of cool stuff on there. Go check it out. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Packers and Law. If you want to email me a question or, I don't know, whatever else you can think of, uh, PackersandLaw at gmail.com. Uh, and other than that, we'll be watching the Packers, hoping they can beat the Bears, the Bears, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. 